say all year long I've been working to make sure I plow through a question. Because every year in my life, I'm trying to make sure that I'm thinking through the right things. I, I know that I can get distracted and end up fighting fights that don't make sense. I get into things that have nothing to do with me. In life, you have to learn to fight the right fight. Can I get an amen to that? If you learn to fight the right fight and if you make sure you pay attention to the right things, you won't get distracted and end up in places you don't need to be. The sermon title for this series for the month, repeat it with me, please say, Fighting a Fight That Is Not Yours. Sometimes the reason you never get to where you dream to, to, to go in life is because you're fighting the wrong fight. Every month this year, I've sought to answer the question why people don't do what they say they're going to do. I started off by saying that some are trapped in the wrong place. They are, they're in a place that they shouldn't be. And because they're in the wrong place, they end up focusing on things they shouldn't focus on. Why did you stay in the wrong place and not accomplish your goals? Is a question for you. You knew this was not the place you needed to be, the job, the career. Maybe in some, some cases, I hate to say relationship, but boy, I tell you, it can be true. You can have friends that hinder your vision. Second week, and second series this year, I talked about trapped by injustice. Did someone get in your way and stop you unjustly from accomplishing your goals? It's really interesting how racism and bias, sexism, all of those things can get in the way of people achieving their goals. Did anybody stop you, deny you access? Thirdly, we talked about financial traps, how they can stop you from getting the place you want to get in your life. Did your financial management or issues stop you from doing what you said you were going to do? You just didn't get the money right. Were you a victim of willful blindness? Were you trapped from doing what you said you were going to do because you refused to see what was right in front of you? You saw it but you didn't want to see it. You pretended it was okay. Were you a victim of being without passion? We did a series called Painfully Passionate. How did your level of passion stop you? I see this all the time. You're just not passionate enough about yourself. You're passionate about your children. You're passionate about your job, but not you. Or you're more passionate about your children. Or you're passionate about your job and not you. If you're not careful, you've got to be passionate, I believe painfully passionate, but about the right things. Are you going in the wrong direction? Willfully so. Sometimes, if I'm honest, I knew this wasn't the right path, but it was the fun path for now. Are you going too slow? Remember that series? Sometimes you just creep along. How did your speed affect your goals? Things you said you wanted to do. You just took too long. Still taking too long. In August, I talked about hearing God and protecting your future. What could you not hear? I love the verse where Jesus said, there are many things I desire to send to you, but you're not yet able to bear them. You just can't hear. And then we talked about stuck and distracted. Say that with me, please come on. Were you stopped because you were stuck? Religious people get stuck all the time. Oh, my God. 
I hear it all the time. Where are the young people? <laughs> There's nothing here for them. That's why they don't come. Sermons are too long. Dress codes are too strict. And it's just not for them. And so we get stuck. People get stuck. And then, if you remember last month, I said, is God waiting on you? Waiting on you to start. Said it took 75 years for Abraham to get started. Why are you still taking so long to take off? You're on the runway, and you keep waiting on God, and God is waiting on you to grow up, past distractions, past all the things we mentioned last month. But this month, we talk about fighting. The one of the reasons that people end up never getting to where they say they want to be in life is because they fight the wrong fight. Now, I want to take you on a journey, and I'm going to talk about four issues this month, four issues. Repeat them with me, please. So anger, anger. Backsliding, backsliding, courage, courage. And opportunities. Are you fighting the right fights that will help you do what you say you're going to do? There are issues you should be fighting in your life, and there are some you shouldn't be. My argument would be that you should be fighting your anger issues. For some, it's your temperament. For some, it's the way you respond to life when it doesn't go your way. I am surprised at myself. Uh, I did a little survey, um, and I asked people about my anger tendencies. It was great. I'll tell you about that result in a little bit. And then I'll talk about backsliding. Boy, you're always starting over again. I'm back, I'm back with God now. I'm out. With, I'm back with God. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm out. <laughs> I love you, though I don't. Some people have courage issues. They don't do the hard work required to win. Courage, we'll talk about down the road here in about a few weeks. We'll talk about it. And courage is doing what you're afraid to do. This is an example of it. Getting up here takes courage. I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes somebody asks me, do you feel nervous? Yeah, yeah, I feel a little, a little funny today. I don't know why. Why? Because y'all looking at me. That's why I stop. You know, stop looking at me. <laughs> it takes courage to say, you know, Let's go for it. Let's get up here, be yourself, dress like you want to dress, get a loud jacket if you want to, feel loud today, loud. Whatever you feel like. Don't get caught up in how you feel. Just do what you need to do. Say that with me, please. Come on. Do what you need to do. Courage is doing what you need to do. It is. You know, it costs several million dollars to do this. That takes courage. Courage to ask people. And that's why some preachers take so long in the offering, because they're scared. I'm serious. I'm being honest. You know, they're, they're afraid. My guy told me this week, I'm Pastor Rick, I can't, I can't cut down on the services now. Oh, no. I'm scared. They may not give. Letting some of them stay at home watching, you know, all of you watching online. They don't like that. They want to make you come to the building. Like I'm going to make you come to the building. <laughs> it takes courage to try something different. It does. It takes courage to rest. Every fourth Sunday here, we have a Sabbath Sunday. We all stream in. First and second Sunday is live. What time of services? Nine and 11. Second Sunday, what time of services? And then third Sunday, we have what we call special event Sunday, but no more this year. So out of 12, we may have eight or nine, depending upon what we feel like. It's all men, all women, all singles, all young adults, depends. But the rest of the year, y'all going to be cooling out. Scary, isn't it? Courage. Courage means you do what you think you need to do and you just believe that there's another way to do this. 
takes courage to say, I'm carving out this time for myself and my family. I'm carving out this time for me. I'm going to rejuvenate. Every fourth Sunday, we, we, we rest. That's generally the case. First Sunday, we're ready for church. Full of power, full of I mean, it's amazing. It takes courage to have this, to spend what well, we spent, I think 20000 to have this big gathering outside the other day. But that 2,000, better 2,000 people came to it. What an amazing success. Fall Festival. Come on, give them a big hand. Amazing. Can't be afraid. Then ladies don't just come there. That's going to be close to 47,000. Y'all scared of that? No, come on, come on. Come on. That's a half a clap. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Amen, come on. Oh, it's going to be great. They got, I think they got uh, the attendance, the, the people that signed up in record numbers since, since the COVID. I'm, I'm excited about that. I mean, here's, my, here's why, and even saying this out loud, see, it takes courage to say this. Because most churches, you never say it. You don't say anything. You know why? Because they're scared. Say scared. When you get scared, <laughs> they may think you got money. They may not give you money. You know, you get scared. You just, you can't stand up and go forward because you're afraid. Anybody, everybody, anybody ever been afraid? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've been afraid. Right. I want to ask you this. Are you afraid now? Don't put your hand up. <laughs> Courage means you go past it. And we'll talk about that down the road, I promise. And then some people have missed opportunities. An opportunity, what, what have you missed? What have you missed? In Numbers chapter 14, I'm going to show you, show you a missed opportunity. After Israel was given the call to the promised land, and amazing in this environment now to even say that is amazing. All right? Here we go. Verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to, be, to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader, fire Moses, and go back to where? Egypt. Amazing. Notice they're fighting Moses. They're fighting Aaron. They're fighting God. Wrong fight. The issue is not the people I just mentioned. The issue is their temperament. And specifically in this case, their fear and their anger. These are angry people. And what I want you to look at for a moment is from Moses' perspective. He could not change these people. Say that with me, please. Come on. Say it again. Come on. Do you realize that there are some people in your life you cannot change? And if you fight that fight, you will waste your life. You'll never get to where you're supposed to go trying to change your oldest child or your youngest child or your middle child or your best friend. That is not a power you have. Can I get an amen if you hear me? Sometimes you have to realize that. For example, and this is really off, off a little bit. You can't get another nose without surgery. Here's what you can't get, another head. Put your hands on it. Come on. Say, this is the only one I have. This is it. So if somebody doesn't like your head, you can't fix that. They don't like the way you look. You can't really fix that. If somebody doesn't like my preaching style, I can't fix that. Some of you, especially ladies, you know I'm telling the truth, 
You tend to want to comply, shift and tort, contort yourself into what they want you to be. You will never be that size. <laughs> never. Why are you saying never? Because never <laughs> will you ever be <laughs> that size. Again. <laughs> Again, right. Some ain't never been that size ever before. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, there's, there's that reality, man. This is my feet. These are my feet. At least they work, but I have the feet, the shoes. I need a size, don't say it. But you know what I'm saying? That's it. And there's something about people being angry about things that they shouldn't be angry about. He could not stop them from being angry. He could not stop them from backsliding, going backwards. He could not stop them from being afraid. He could not, he could not force them to embrace the opportunities in front of them. He couldn't. What if you deceived yourself into believing that you have the power to change? You fooled yourself. People often ask me, they say, how do you survive a church with so many people? I said, I don't worry about trying to control everybody. Do you believe you can change other people? Do you believe that you, you can stop people from black backsliding? Do you believe that you can give people courage? Do you believe that you can force someone to embrace an opportunity? Parents, pay attention to that one. You just can't. I, I mean, I can't. The people were angry and blamed Moses, Aaron, and God for bringing them into a dangerous season that challenged them beyond their comfort zone, and they didn't like it. They felt Moses and Aaron and God should have made the promised land journey easier. If Moses could not make it easier, he should have left them in Egypt. That's how they felt. There's nothing you can do about that opinion. Do you have the same complaint against maybe a Moses in your life? You're blaming somebody who who couldn't give you what you wanted. Your parents couldn't give you the life you wanted. They couldn't fix something. Your father wasn't nicer. I mean, you have a list of things, and you're fighting that fight, and it's, that's not your fight. You can't, you can't fix what, what happened. I mean, that, that, it's an amazing moment when you come to this place where you realize that. Oh, you want to be married. You want to be in business. You want to have children, but you did not plan for it to be challenging. So now you're fighting this thought of how unfair this is, and you're dwelling on it, and every morning and every night you're drowning in it. Listen, you can't make it, and you're getting angry. Moses had an interesting history with anger. You know, he killed a guy, Exodus chapter 2. His whole life started out with that. He, got, he killed a guy, he did. He, the guy was beating up on the Israeli guy, beat on the guy. He came to save the guy, and he killed the guy, buried him in the sand. And he knew he did it. I, I, I feel like he, he had his journey with it. In chapter 32 of Exodus, he, he, he and God had this conversation because God was going to destroy the whole nation. And he said he interceded. No, God, I, I, I want you to give grace to these people. And so he understood anger. He saw anger. He lived out, and he saw the bad and the good in it. But I want to say... I'm going to give you, for some of you, this is going to be really important. I'm going to give you some four, four things to think about when it comes to your anger. Because your anger can get you into the wrong fight. Number one, admit you're angry. Admit you're angry. You're angry at your husband. You're angry at your life. You're angry. You're, you're angry. Admit it. Number two, pray about your anger. 
I love, love James chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Admit your anger. Admit that this is, this is your, you're angry and you're swinging and you're fighting, and you don't even know what you're fighting anymore. You're just swinging at everybody, every man, every woman, every church. You see it over down in the Middle East. You see it fighting. Right? Pray, pray, pray about your anger. Confess your sins and pray for each other. God, I'm mad. I'm angry. Whenever I get angry, I do that. I always, I always go alone, and I get alone, and I pray. My son said I do that. Pretty powerful. He said, yeah, when you get upset, what you do is you'll say a word, nice word as you can, and you normally go away. I guess you go talk to God, and then you come back. That's what he said. He said, that's what you do. I took a survey, I told you. And I went around and I asked people what they thought. It was one of the most interesting statements was um, from a, um, a female mentee of mine. She said to me, you don't really get angry. And this was the consensus overall. You don't really get angry. You get irritated. We can tell you're irritated. You handle it well, but you're just irritated. And I thought, really? And I thought about it. I said, yeah, I guess so. Can anybody relate to that? And if you're not careful and you're irritated, you fight the wrong fight. You, you, you attack the person or you attack the issue and you don't look at yourself. Why am I angry? It's one of my favorite questions to myself. Why are you mad, Ricky? Because they disagree with you? You're angry because they don't see it your way? You're irritated? How about allowing people to have an opinion? How about not being frustrated because it's not going your way? Whenever I walk with Diane on a walk, she normally irritates me. <laughs> Example. When I go out of town, I'll go walking every morning. Most of the time, I walk every morning. So I'll pick a route after the first or second day. I go out the hotel to the right, and I go down the street, and I turn, because I got my route. I've been here for two days. <laughs> Diane walks with me. Sure enough, out the door. Can we go left? We don't go left here. We go right. And then she can we go further? Now, now I'm sorry I brought you because I wanted to go the other way. <laughs> Everybody's irritated. Here's what the Bible says. And I, this is what helps me. And, then, and again, this is the formula. Ready? So come on, say, admit you're angry. Pray about your anger. Remember unwise anger. Come on. Can turn on you. I love this, Ecclesiastes 7.9. You can see all these verses in the, in the notes when you get the notes. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says this, don't, don't, Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. I'll look in the mirror when I'm angry, and I'll say, you're being a fool, Ricky. If you're mad and you're staying angry and you're staying irritated, you need to pause, sir. I don't care whether you think you're right or not. The Bible says... You're headed down the path of a fool, overturning right or left. Really? Go left, you may learn something. I love this. Message Bible says, don't be quick to fly off the handle. This is Ecclesiastes 7.9. Anger boomerangs. <laughs> you can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. 
It's a great verse. Ecclesiastes 7, 9. Message Bible. Oh, man. I love the fact that the Bible speaks to me where I live. And it challenges me to fight the right fight. You've been angry. That's what you've been doing. It may be throwing you off. Fight the right fight. Deal with your own issue of anger and pray for them. I'm done. Let's stand. If we're going to clap, let's all clap. Amen. If you got something out of it. Good. Father, today we thank you. Next week we'll talk about backsliding. How easy it is to go backwards. Start out good, end up going back again and again, over and over. Living on the runway. Never, ever blasting off. We need to fight our temptation to be angry and fight our temptation to go backwards. Help us to fight forward with confidence and courage. And so, God, we leave this place today thanking you for the word. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing the message and the songs, I realize I need prayer for my walk with God. If you want me to pray for you and your walk with God, you feel like I need a revival, Pastor, in that area of my life, I want you simply to raise your hand so I know what I'm praying for. I see one and I see two. I see more. Thank you. Father, I pray for all whose hands are up, whose hearts are lifted, and those who are watching by and from home. Let this be the beginning of a new walk with God. For some, they're rededicating their life to God, and we thank you for them opening their heart to a new day. We embrace you, Father, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen.